water efficiency rules circle the drain. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Last week, the Trump administration rolled back standards for shower heads and low-flow fixtures designed to conserve water, some of which had been in place for decades. About a year ago, the outgoing president began complaining about the lack of water pressure, which he said made it hard for him to rinse his hair. The Hill reports that one of the new rules released by the Department of Energy changes the definition of a shower head that had restricted the flow to 2.5 gallons per minute. The rollbacks also loosen rules for washers and dryers. The new changes are opposed by manufacturers and environmental groups who say they'll needlessly increase consumer utility bills and carbon pollution while exacerbating water shortages. The Energy Department justified the changes by saying they will improve the quality of life for Americans and save them time that they can use for other tasks, calling time, not water, an irreplaceable Resource. The incoming Biden administration has been urged to quickly reverse the rules. Wildfires have increasingly been sweeping through communities in the West, and when they do, they can release toxic chemicals into water supplies. But the source of some of the contaminants has been a mystery until now. In a new study, Andrew Welton of Purdue University shows that chemicals are released from plastic pipes damaged by fire. Plastics are everywhere in drinking water systems, under streets, inside buildings and homes, and in faucet connectors. To determine if the pipes could be responsible for contamination, researchers exposed commonly available plastic piping to heat at temperatures similar to that of a wildfire. Toxic compounds were generated inside the plastic pipes just by heating them to about 400 degrees Fahrenheit, much less than the 1,400 degrees of fires. After pipes cooled, in some of the tests, more than 100 compounds leached into water from the damaged plastics. The study shows there are also risks when only part of a building catches fire and the rest remains in use. The contaminated water may move within a building or even across town. A community can stop the pollution from spreading after a fire if damaged pipes can be quickly isolated and research has also found that rinsing them would not be effective. Scientists led by Stony Brook University are warning of a looming massive oil spill in the Red Sea, potentially four times larger than the Exxon Valdez catastrophe in Alaska in 1989. A mammoth inactive tanker with one million barrels of oil is decaying off the coast of Yemen, which, if leaked, could harm unique coral reefs and fish that people depend on for food. The tanker has been abandoned for years, and access is controlled by Yemen's Houthis, who've been fighting a Saudi-led coalition. Recently, the Houthis said they would allow the UN to work on the vessel, but that's yet to begin. The Yemeni company responsible for this ship, named the Safer, claims it doesn't have the resources required to maintain or repair the deteriorating vessel, which is used as a storage and offloading unit. There's no good time for a spill, but winter in the Red Sea is worse because currents will disperse oil much more widely. After Hurricane Katrina struck the Louisiana coast in 2005, researchers started to see a deadly skin disease on bottlenose dolphins near New Orleans. The animals had patchy and raised lesions across their bodies, sometimes covering up to 70% of their skin. Now in a groundbreaking discovery, scientists at the Marine Mammal Center in Sausalito, California, have determined the likely cause 
climate change. The increasing severity and frequency of storms like hurricanes and cyclones, especially if they're preceded by drought, are dumping huge volumes of rain that can turn salt water to fresh water. The conditions can persist for months, and although the dolphins can tolerate some seasonal changes in salinity levels in seawater, they cannot live in freshwater. The study comes on the heels of significant outbreaks in several states in the Gulf of Mexico, as well as Australia in recent years. In all of these locations, a sudden and drastic decrease in salinity in the water was the common factor. Because extreme storms will occur more often with global warming, the scientists say they will result in more frequent and severe disease outbreaks in dolphins, which are already under threat from habitat loss and degradation. And finally, Urine has been used in fertilizer for thousands of years because it contains valuable nutrients like nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. But after we flush, treatment facilities don't totally remove these elements before water is released into rivers and lakes, and that can lead to algal blooms. Also, manufacturing synthetic fertilizer is expensive and energy-intensive. So researchers at the University of Michigan wanted to solve both problems with something they're calling calling pea cycling, diverting urine from wastewater treatment plants and recycling it to make fertilizer for crops. They used data from several small-scale demonstration projects to assess the possibilities of recycling urine on a city-wide scale. They found it would result in significant reductions in greenhouse gas emissions, energy use, freshwater consumption, and would lower the potential of algal blooms in lakes and other water bodies. That finding is significant because about half of the world's food supply depends on synthetic fertilizers, which use non-renewable resources, are energy intensive, and generate greenhouse gas emissions in their production. Although large-scale pea cycling would have environmental impacts in collecting the urine, processing it into fertilizer, and shipping it to customers, those effects would be much lower than conventional methods. The bottom line, pea cycling could reduce the amount of energy and chemicals needed to treat wastewater and help replace synthetic fertilizers, both of which could move us closer to more sustainable water management and food production. You can keep H2O Radio sustainable. Please don't flush away money we'll get from a matching grant, where all gifts will be doubled until December 31st. Go to h2oradio.org to donate, and thank you. Thank you.